Hello and welcome back to another series of the Armaga podcast. Thank you so much for all the support, feedback, shares and downloads. We really do appreciate all of your support. In the first episode, Mark and I were very lucky to sit down and have a chat with former British swimmer Rebecca Addington. Rebecca won two gold medals and two bronze medals in the 2008 and 2012 Olympics, respectively. In this episode, Rebecca talks about her career as an athlete and the importance of her family. As an ambassador for women in sport, we also discuss some of the issues and what she's been doing to get more women involved in sport. Right, Becky, thank you very much for uh, joining us today on the Armago podcast. An absolute uh, pleasure to have you today. Um, the first kind of thing I want to start by talking about is how you managed to get to where you got to with your swimming and the kind of personality traits that you think uh, that set you up uh, for your successes at a young age. Oh, um, I don't know. You might be best asking somebody else that question. <laughs> I'd probably say a different answer, but... Uh... Yeah, I think swimming's like quite a, I guess it's not unique there is other young sports, but because it, it is such a young sport, like it, you learn at three. Mm. Um, I mean, you can learn younger than that, but you learn some at three. You join a club by eight. And I guess like football, you're going into academies, but you're not kind of, it's not the same pathway, I guess. Yeah. Um, swimming, you just get into it as a hobby. It's not something that's like, oh, I'm joining this academy because I want to make it as a footballer. You literally just swim because your parents tell you to or because you've got a group of mates there. It's not because you think, right, I've got a career in this. Yeah. So I guess it's a little bit different. And I didn't really start taking it seriously until I was about 11 or 12. And I think you have to have the drive. Um, I think you have to because like, I used to get up at like half four in the morning. So you have to have that drive and that love for what you do. Otherwise, getting up at half four in the morning is not one. Um, and no one would choose to do that. Um, there's like a lot of resilience, obviously, in there. There's a lot of independence, actually, as well. Like from the ages of 12, I was going away on training camps without my mum and dad and kind of having to kind of like fend for myself, if you like, from like a very young age um, because the sport is so young. So I guess that kind of comes into it. And then like the teamwork, communication, leadership, kind of all the kind of normal stuff, the dedication, et cetera, et cetera. My coach always used to tell me I had like a bit of a, not a split personality because I'm not bipolar, but as in like, I was different in the pool to out of the pool. Like in the pool, I was just very focused, very much like don't get in my way, very much like boom, boom, boom. A bit more of like, I don't know, an animal, I guess, whereas out of the pool, I'm like, hiya, you okay? And like, yeah. <laughs> all, all nice as anything. So I think it's kind of like, you have to kind of separate the two. There was a time and place for kind of like the fun stuff, but training, when I got to train, I was like, right, I'm focused on training. Yeah. Um, and I think that sort of stuff really helped me. So why do you think your parents kind of threw you into that from a young age? Because obviously not every child gets up at half four in the morning. And, and at that point, it's still very much your, your parents kind of deciding and, and what you're going to do. Um, so, yeah, why do you think your parents threw you into that from such a young age? To be fair, I come from a very small town with Mansfield. There's not a, there, well, there wasn't. It's very different nowadays. I'm very old. And uh, back then, there wasn't a huge amount of choice of stuff to do. It was literally ballet, 
awesome in like they were pretty much the three options and I my mum tried me at ballet and that was like no she is not a ballerina like that just didn't work out and I think it's just one of those where your parents put you into swimming anyway I think most people especially nowadays like it's very common like you just put your kids in so they know how to swim especially for on holidays and things like that like we always went on holiday to somewhere that had a pool and things like that so it's just general safety I've got two older sisters as well so I think it was trying to find something that all three of us were happy with. My mum and dad were like, right, we're not going to three different places, three different times. Like, we just physically can't do it. And yet, I think swimming was the thing that we all enjoyed as a family. Um, so that kind of naturally led the way. And then as I got older, like, my sisters both dropped off of swimming. They kind of didn't really enjoy it the same way. They kind of, like, throw the alarm clock at my dad or, I'm not going. And I used to be stood by the front door going, Dad, just leave them let's just go and it was kind yeah. of like me driving it um yeah. but very much so like your parents are the ones that have to drive you they're your funding your taxi your kind of everything aren't they really um so I'm very very fortunate to have had very supportive parents and they weren't pushy at all I think that is like um a huge thing because there is I've seen as you guys can imagine a lot of pushy parents and yet my parents just weren't like that my mum used to be like, drop me off. She used to go do the food shop or go to sleep in the car or take a walk and go get a coffee. She was like, see you in a bit. Like, <laughs> she wasn't kind of one of those that was really, really pushing it poolside. She was supportive, but at the same time, that kind of had to come from me, not her pushing it, if you like. Yeah. And that drive, because if you haven't got that kind of push coming from your parents, it, yeah, as you say, it's got to come from yourself and within where did that come from because you know at that age you know most kids just want to go and have fun and kind of play around in the playground or whatever uh, and not many are prepared to kind of get up at half four in the morning um and and kind of go and go and do all that exercise and hard work and everything so do you think that came from somewhere or do you think it was just you know because you really enjoyed the swimming I think it's a really difficult one to say isn't it because I guess I didn't know any difference but yeah. I think motivation has to come from within like you can aid and like nurture motivation and really encourage it, but it has to be there to begin with. I don't think you could teach somebody to be motivated with something. Um, yeah. I think you have to have that kind of natural drive and ambition. Um, and I think being the baby of a family really helps that because I constantly had to kind of like fight for everything. I think being the younger sibling, that's just naturally the way it goes because you do have to fight for everything. It's funny because you know what I mean. <laughs> like It's yeah. so true. And I think it's one of those that then, because I loved it, like I genuinely always considered swimming a hobby. It wasn't ever something that I felt was like um, a chore or like a drag or like a real heavy, like, oh, I've got to go here today. Like mm -hmm. I genuinely loved it. I had the best group of mates. Like I traveled the world by the time I was in my early 20s. Like not many people can say that. And um, I just loved it. I loved every single second of it, even getting up early. Like I didn't really mind. Obviously, it was hard. But at the same time, I just would much rather be there than miss it. So yeah. I guess it was just a lot of natural ability. And I think having the right coach really aided that. He kind yeah. of brought out that motivation. Having the right right coach, I think, is fundamental as well. What sort of things did your coach do to bring out the best of, of Becky? 
the fact that he was my coach from when I was 12 to like right through to like 23 like yeah. we kind of like that really helped because a lot of people I know in many different sports you have so many different coaches in your yeah. sporting yeah. career whatever yeah. whatever sport you're in you have loads whereas I was kind of really rare that I had the same one throughout junior and kind of senior and that transition but I think that really helps because we had so much trust and respect there um, and I think he really saw the human side. I think that's the fundamental, most important thing. He recognized that I'm just this girl and I'm just a human being. I wasn't just another, another athlete going down this chain. Because um, I think sometimes sport is very much like that, that you mm -hmm. kind of come and go with athletes um, as a, from a coaching perspective. And obviously they have so many athletes as well. So I think it's hard not to kind of feel like you're on this production line. Whereas my coach never was like that with me. He saw the human side of it. He got to the point where he knew just from reading my body language, what state of mind I was in. Yeah. Straight away, he could tell whether I was like on form, ready to go, whether I was tired, what was going off. Like he could just read read it straight away. I didn't even need to say anything. He'll be like, okay, what's going on? Like he could just yeah. read me like a book. And I think that sort of kind of ability to have that between each other really, really helped. Um, and he kept things fun. I think it's so important to remember why you got into something in the first place. Like I got into swimming because I liked playing mermaids and like doing stupid stuff on holiday. And I think you have to remember that even at elite sport. And he always kept the fun there. He always recognized when it was like getting a bit heavy okay, let's do a game or let's do something else. Like let's go outside the box. Let's make a bet with each other or let's just do something to kind of break that kind of um, serious, really heavy environment up and that pressure. Um, so I'm very, very grateful he did that to keep the enjoyment factor there. That's really interesting because I kind of think about the team that we've got working on on Armago and everything and, and the app and the podcast I kind of mentioned um, before. And it's it's true that whenever you start kind of losing that fun element to it, you know, everything starts to climb and it's really about trying to, you know, keep, keep the, the kind of fun as part of it. Cause at the end of the day, everyone's there to, to have a good time. Um, exactly. Your, your career, right. You know, from the outside, you got into swimming really young and then by, you know, by 19, you're already um, winning Olympic medals. Um, from the outside, it looks, you know, I can imagine that it, it looks, you know, fantastic and, and you had an easy ride, but you know, from speaking with every athlete, I know that there must've been some huge challenges along the way. So are you able to kind of talk about some of those challenges that you faced in getting to that stage? Yeah, definitely. I think we all face them. But the thing is you never hear about that. sort. well, you do if they're major, but most of the time it's just because, especially for swimming, it's not a big sport. Like I was very much an underdog going into Beijing. Um, I had, when I was 15, um, glandular fever I have post-viral fatigue um, all at the same time of doing my GCSEs all at the same time that my sister unfortunately got encephalitis which is a brain virus so she was intensive care and this all happened in the space of like four or five months that everything kind of came at once so not only was I kind of dealing with my own illness and kind of I didn't stop swimming but certainly swimming couldn't be my priority I couldn't go to the pool and push my body to the limit because I was ill I was having to go for blood tests every week, really monitor my heart rate, really monitor my recovery. So um, swimming became just kind of more, focused more on technique and, and kind of that switch off rather than, right, I'm going to push you today. And this is the type of work that you're going to do. And then my sister got into hospital and 
kind of nearly lost her. And I think going through that, swimming then became my escape because I still went to the pool. Her hospital that she was in was actually just down the road from where I trained. So it was a case of my parents would send me to the pool because they were like, you need to get out of the hospital. You can't just keep sitting here all day long. Go be with your friends. And it became this escape for me. It became that place that I would go to whether I was happy, sad, angry, frustrated, and everyone treated me normal at the pool. So I kind of went through that phase and it took a good 18 months, I would have said, to fully get back to full fitness where I'm pushing my body to the limit. So it was a good chunk of time. And then outside of that, it was kind of like dealing with just little niggles, especially as I got older shoulder injuries for pretty much the last six months of my career leading into London was pain management um it wasn't an option right to have surgery or kind of any go down that path it was just right how do we manage this pain how do we minimize it best possible and that was kind of six months of my life leading into the most biggest games of my whole entire career Um, after Beijing there was external stuff as well that I had to deal with I had never um had to deal with social media and the press and kind of going a totally different aspect of sport that I never even considered because I'm from the world of swimming why would I have to consider that it's such yeah. a, a small sport but yeah so I had to deal with that sort of stuff as well and that was a, a huge shift and a huge change especially going from that kind of underdog to that person that everyone wants to be and um some sort of public eye that opened mm. up a different can of worms as well <laughs> as you say yeah it's, you never really hear about this side of things it's, it's always often the success but you know at the end of the day I always know that there's some very very tough things that you you went through do, do you think what happened when you got glandular fever and with what happened to your sister do you think that shaped you in some way um to to you know go and even even harder at your swimming and, and really wanted to make a success of that 100 percent um especially what happened to my sister I think it puts the life in perspective like she was only 17 I was 15 and I think it just cut out that age was like prime age to like deal with pettiness or kind of think the world's collapsing around you because some drama's happened and whatever and yet we just didn't go through that it made us kind of realize how short life is and made us really evaluate it it brought us together as a family um, and it kind of really made me realize I only have now this is my opportunity um, with swimming and it was kind of like that conversation with my mum and dad um, to, to finish school after my GCSEs it was really really tough conversation because my parents are both quite academic both my sisters are very academic but I needed a year off to recover I could not keep going at the same 100% pace because that is what made me ill and my sister was taking time off because obviously she was recovering as well and I think that was such a crucial time it was kind of that conversation that's I've only got now to swim I've got the rest of my life to go back and do the things that I want to do or kind of have a long career in with with um, the academic side but now is the chance to swim and I think having gone through that sort of illness and having gone through that as a family mm. it was kind of, it was kind of like a no brainer whereas i don't necessarily think if that hadn't happened my parents would have probably allowed me to take that time off and mm. then if i hadn't have taken that time off from from school i probably wouldn't have achieved what i did in beijing so it's kind of definitely all that it's not going to affect do you do you do you feel like you missed out on anything because of um that you know having to to have that time out and doing that swimming do you feel there's anything that you missed or do you do you not at all know 
No, like it's one of those that, yes, there was birthday parties that I was like, oh, I can't go to that because I'm away competing or I say birthday parties. We're not five. Um, sorry. <laughs> I mean, like there was there was things that I did miss yeah. at school. Of course, there was that I wanted to go to that all my mates were going to or whatever. But actually, my closest friends at school really supported me and they were like my true friends. And actually, they would include me in things when I could. And around my swimming, it was kind of like, right, I don't swim on Sundays. So they were like, right, we're doing something. Beth, come on because they knew I could do it on a Sunday rather than a, a yeah. Saturday. And I think that's the bonus. And the, I really appreciated having true friends because it really helps that and ease that kind of sacrifice, if you like. Mm. Um, and I felt like I was gaining. Like all my other friends would be like, what have you done last night? Oh, nothing. I was dead bored. There was nothing on TV. And there's me like, oh, well, I did this set of swimming and I really went, and I like had the best evening because I mm. pushed myself at swimming. And I felt like I gained an extra group of friends. My friends were only friends with people from school and like who they lived with. Whereas I had this amazing extra set of friends that was just incredible. And I'd get to go on these training camps where I'd come back and they'd be like, Beck, where have you been? And I'm like, oh my God, I've just spent like two weeks with the Olympic team building up to Athens. And they were like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like, and it was so cool. Like I felt like I only gained, um, mm. I guess, rather than sacrificed. Yeah, really interesting actually, because not many, most of the athletes I've had on here actually have said that there's been some sort of level of sacrifice there, but that's really interesting. Um, and am I right in thinking that on top of all the swimming, you went and studied a degree as well? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No, I've got an honorary degree. Can I pull that one? But no, um, okay. I know I didn't go back to uni. It was one of those after Beijing. Um, I was meant to go back, and I phoned my this is actually genuinely true I phoned my parents after my second gold medal and went does this mean I don't have to go back and they were like yes Beck you don't have to go back and things like that and it was a really big decision because both my sisters are very academic and like yeah. kind of that's been the way to do things they both went to uni and um, everything else and it was kind of one of those that was a really tough decision to not do but I was like right I've only got now to swim um I've since retiring done different courses and things like that not a full uni degree um just because it's not needed for the for the area of work that I'm in but at the same time it's one of those that I'm very glad now there are so many other things that you can do different courses different um kind of paths that I've been able to go down to at least get some side of education rather than um necessarily going back to uni as such Uni is an interesting one because there's quite a big debate around whether pe young people should be going into uni now and whether it's actually worth all the, the cost and everything. And I think, you know, if I look at myself, you know, I, I actually probably value the whole experience, but not necessarily the degree so much. And, you know, what I've done outside of university has probably been a lot more valuable than, than what the actual degree that, that I do. Um, do you think that, you know, most people should be going to university or do you think there's plenty of other opportunities out there? I think you'd you probably fit in the most common category I would say mm. most people that I know that have been to uni said exactly the same they loved the mates the experience the whole thing of going and kind of the first bit away from home and kind of everything that it entailed but actually the degree side they don't really use anymore most people I know just wanted to get the degree because they needed it for some next step I think it depends what you want to do I think uni is at a fantastic place to 
kind of work out what you do and don't want to do and meet new mm-hmm. people from different backgrounds and in that sense. Um, but I think if you know what you want to do and that specific, like so, one of my friends, for example, she always knew she wanted to be a lawyer. She was like, that is like, I want to be a lawyer. So of course she had to go to uni and it's a very, she did all of that while swimming. And I'm literally like how you did a law degree and swam is like beyond me that she kind of went through all of that, but she knew her life after swimming and because swimming is such a young sport like we're not going on until we're like 40 do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. most people are in their 20s that you have to know what you're doing after swimming it's not one of those sports the way you're like oh this is my career like it's not that's not realistic so you have to know what's coming next and obviously so then that makes a different thing um so I think it massively depends what you want to do um I don't use anything I learned from school or that side of stuff so I'm not even sure with my business even now I run my own learn to swim business not sure how beneficial uni would have been Mm. to that because I've I've got gained everything from doing business courses and stuff that isn't a, a set uni degree um and I think you learn so much from experience as well but I guess everyone is different and I think most people, it's just an exciting experience, like you say. It is, yeah. And just, yeah, as you said, a chance to kind of uh, figure out where you're going to go next. Although, yeah, it, mm. I guess it is just quite an expensive way to figure that out. And I just wonder whether... Very. Whether, what opportunities there are to do that outside and, and try and fi- find other ways um, to achieve the same um, outcome. We obviously can't get through this whole podcast without talking about what happened in Beijing, you obviously went out there, you got two Olympic gold medals, you got a Olympic record, which is just incredible. Do you feel that that your life changed significantly after those events? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I didn't appreciate that at the time. Obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, and it was one of those as well I never, ever expected. Um, so many people say to me, you must have known I'm like, I really didn't like uh, it was that unexpected. I think I'd gone through so much illness and everything that had happened kind of in those years building up to it. Most people, you have a stepping stone to Olympics. You go to a Commonwealth Games, the Europeans, the Worlds, and you kind of slowly build up. Whereas I kind of didn't have that because I missed out on the Commonwealth Games in 2006 due to being ill. I just missed the team. So it's kind of like I hadn't had that stepping stone. So I do feel like I literally just dived in the deep end, as it were, <laughs> because it was like I just never expected it. For the 400 in particular, my goal was to just make the final. My mm. parents didn't even come out to watch me because really? they didn't expect wow. anything. Like I put, when I phoned them after, they were like, you could have told us. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know. They didn't know. No one knew that was going to happen in the 400 it was so Mm. unexpected it was such a surprise and for the 800 my parents were always going to come out for that one because that one was more my favorite event if you like um and I but but we genuinely only thought the bronze was up for grabs um from looking at all the competitors and kind of how the the event had been kind of shaping up the year build up and even kind of the six months ahead of the games we thought right it's probably the bronze that is there um so again to come away with two golds and a world record I I genuinely couldn't believe it I hadn't even I haven't even had in my head what the exact world record was Mm. I knew it was like 816 but I couldn't have told you told you to the point of what it was because 
I never thought it was possible. I, I didn't even let my, myself entertain that. I kind of thought that's just stupid to even look at what it is properly because mm. no, I'm not going to break it or no one I know is going to break it. So let's not even look at it sort of thing. So that's how unexpected it was. And my, I remember my coach saying to me after the 800, Beck, I want to be the first person to tell you you're the Olympic champion and your life's going to change. And I genuinely laughed in his face. I went, shut up, Bill. <laughs> I genuinely dismissed it because I just thought, that's so not true. I was just like, no one cares about Samir. I was like, we're in Beijing. It's like, we didn't get the buzz that everyone else was getting. Because obviously everything we were getting was in Chinese and it was different time of day and everything else. So when we landed back, I was like, oh my God. Like, I genuinely thought something had happened when we landed and got off the plane and I was like well, who why are all these people here what's going on I was like is something wrong with the plane and then someone was like Beck they're all cameras they're here to look at us I was like oh okay like oh, yeah. it was a very different experience <laughs> yeah and what sort of things then you know obviously a lot of fame a lot of social media you know but what sort of thing did, did you find yourself changing at all in that in that time afterwards it was weird because Yes, I got to go watch Strictly Come Dancing. Yes, I got um, o- the OBE from the Queen, which was just amazing. And like, all these other things, which was just unbelievable. Mm. But uh, apart from all of that, and after kind of the whirlwind and after the initial like buzz, it was then just back to the same routine, getting mm. up in the morning. And the only thing I guess is that I was able to stand on my own two feet as a person a lot more financially. Um, I became... a. a I was able to not live out of mum and dad's pocket going, mum, dad, can I have some money? So that was kind of very nice. I was able to, to move. I moved to Nottingham instead of living at home with my mum and dad, where I got to kind of be closer to the pool. I got to have my independence for the first time. So I guess my circumstance changed in that sense, but I was still with the same coach, with the same club, doing the same hours in the pool. So not much changed that side of things. Um, I guess it just taught me to grow up. I got a lot of, um, I had a lot more responsibility then. I kind of took that kind of role model status really seriously. I was like, oh gosh, I, I, don't, I want to help kids get in the water and I want to kind of get people swimming, not people yeah. looking at me going, what's this girl about? So yeah. I kind of had to grow up a lot in that sense and just be a, a, a lot more conscious. I guess I was 19 at the time. So I kind of had to learn that the press will be out to get you and all this different stuff that I never knew and this different worlds that I kind of had to really change in that aspect, I guess. But I don't think I changed as a person, personally. I'm sure somebody else might say something different. I don't know. (laughs) I I guess the other thing is that um, from the outside, you know, it it looks like you've got everything figured out in your life and you know like everything so I, I i knew you'd give me that reaction because you know everyone does because at the end of the day no one's really got got stuff figured out <laughs> what sort of things do you still kind of struggle with on a day-to-day basis that other people might be able to kind of relate with god i wing everything like <laughs> literally winging it is like my saying i'm like i don't i yeah i definitely don't have everything figured out um, but I think that's what makes life fun, isn't it? I think if you had everything figured out, it'd be so boring. Um, yeah. Whereas it's kind of nice. I, I say with everything, um, I try and say yes to as many things as possible and figure it out. I'm not one of those that um, 
is ashamed to get embarrassed or fall on my face. I will ask stupid questions because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. And yeah. um, I'm definitely one of those figuring out parenting as well. Being a parent, that was that is a whole kettle of winging it. That is like a different level of winging it, being a parent. <laughs> um, and you just kind of have to muddle your way through and have to stick to your own guns. You just kind of go, you yeah. know what? This is my lifestyle and the way I live my life. Yeah. things have got to fit into that and we've got to make it work and whatever but gosh there's definitely stuff even when it comes to my business and kind of we've just launched a new baby product like getting little babies in the pool now and even that it's like I've been having my own learn to swim stuff for nine years now and yet only just launched a baby product which is so new a different realm of yeah. things and that's wing it like it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of kind of figuring out what works, what doesn't. Same with parenting, same with life, to be honest. And I, I kind of like that. As you say, it's, it's what makes it so much fun. Um, yeah. keep, keeps you on, on your toes. Um, <laughs> you're, you're an ambassador for women in sport, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So what's kind of inspired you to get into that? And what sort of changes like have you seen? Would you like to see it with that? Yeah, I think it's one of those I'm very fortunate to come from a very mixed sport. Um, when you learn and go to any lesson, it is mixed. Boys and girls is what I mean by that. Um, so and if the events are equal from an elite perspective, the events are equal, the pay is equal. It's very, very fair from an athlete's perspective. Um, but I'm fully aware that the coaching's not necessarily equal. I'm fully aware that other sports aren't equal. And I think it's one of those that I fully appreciate from the aspect of being a girl and growing up in that aspect. I always got shoved into, oh, she's a tomboy at school. I'm not a tomboy like I wouldn't class myself in that bracket at all but yeah. at the same time because I did sport I was very much seen as as that way and that I'd be good at all sports it was like I don't have a clue what you're talking about like why have you put me on the football team I can't play football like it yeah. was just you get shoved into this bracket because there's so few and far between and what women in sport are trying to do is just get girls active and I think that is so important because it is something that once we get to teenage years, we let body image, we let um, body confidence kind of get in the way of those things. Yeah. Whereas actually, yes, if people go into elite sport, that is brilliant. But we all need to be active. Like, I think boys are a lot more like, yeah, there's a game of football going on. Let's get stuck in. Yeah. Whereas girls are a bit kind of like, oh, what do we do? And I know girls that want to join netball or hockey and kind of things like that. And I think it's about finding that sport where you see fit but is also the right environment for you um not everybody I appreciate wants to put a costume on it is very intimidating to kind of be a swimmer because of what we have to wear you can't wear makeup your hair's in a cap it is it is one of those that's not mm. necessarily great for sometimes body confidence and and that sort of stuff but I just want to prom promote where I possibly can girls being active and also girls being great role models girls watching other girls do it like I've got a daughter who is six I just want her to get into that lifestyle because once you have that healthy active lifestyle it is there for the rest of your life um, and I think it's really important that we impart that message on everybody not just the guys at school going to play football on the lunch break well actually why can't the girls do something and I think it's just about that uh, message promoting healthy body confidence um, as well amongst girls and just being an active thing that and if they want to do elite stuff fab but if not at least you've then been healthy on that kind of topic of like body I and mean, things like that because obviously 
things like social media have really you know made these problems a bit worse for for girls in particular because um, everyone sees all these fancy to um, look like like they do. What sort of ways do you think we can go about kind of tackling those sort of problems um, from a from an online perspective? Yeah, it's kind of got to normalize it. I think being on social media myself, I realized the power of social media. Um, and I think it's about who you follow as well. I think not only have you got to be responsible for what you put out there. So I have a thing that I won't edit my photos. I have stretch marks, cellulites, lumps and bumps. I have the whole shebang, but I don't want to edit it because firstly, I don't want people to meet me and go, oh gosh, you look rough. I don't want that aspect but secondly I want to kind of show my daughter and kind of other girls that it's okay to be normal like being a size 12 or 14 is normal there is nothing wrong with that so I think I've changed who I follow now as well and I make sure that I really want to follow people that are really powerful with that sort of stuff, that there's a meaning behind their posts, that actually there's a lot of authenticity. There's a lot of genuine um, people out there and people that are really inspirational as well. Like it doesn't matter to me how many followers somebody's got or how famous they are. Like it's how they interact with that um, that really appeals to me about somebody's social media. And I think that education of what you want from social media is really important. That's definitely something I want to give my daughter when obviously she's six, she's not on Instagram, but when she's older, yeah. um, certainly when she kind of comes to me about social media, I'm going to be like, well, what are you using it for? If it's just to interact with your friends, well, then that's probably not the right platform or making something that is so private or kind of everything else. Whereas I think if you want to put out there some positive messages, if it's for a business, a brand, like um, kind of, a a community aspect kind of whatever it is that you're out there I think you've got to know why you're doing something and what you're wanting to get from that in return so yeah I think it's really powerful and I also think the block button is a godsend I am all for them people that do these witty clever come like throwbacks at people that come at them um I love looking at them I am not one of those people that's that intelligent to do that (laughs) that corrects like all these trolls but at the same time I think block report ignore and I think it's really important you kind of get into that sort of stuff if it is going down a negative path and kind of that side of thing turning comments off I think you kind of really have to process social media because I went through a period where I sat at home at like eight, nine o'clock at night reading really horrible stuff about myself. And I was like, hold on, this is my home. This is where I feel relaxed. Why am I sat here at nine o'clock at night, nearly in tears because I'm reading horrible messages? Like I'm allowing that to encroach on my personal space. And I think I had to kind of get into the habit of right, I don't want to do that late at night. I don't want to look at social media. The first thing I do when I wake up, like that's not um the right thing for me so I think it's about working out those different levels of of when you use it as well it's hard though isn't it because they've made it so addictive and so you 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 know they they do as many things as possible to make you spend as much time as possible on there because you know these these feelings that we get of kind of jealousy and that sort of thing are what makes us use it even more so um I've really yeah I think that incredible incredibly positive message what you're saying there about just putting yourself out and being super authentic is is probably the best way to to really uh, tackle the um the problem um before we get into the two truths and a lie at the end um yes. i just want to touch a little bit on your business and 
um, because I've, I've, you know, Angus and I always had experience now uh, for a couple of years um, doing a business and, and know the sort of challenges that there are. And it's, you know, it's not easy at all. You, what, what have been some of the challenges that you've had to face and have you been able to pull from your swimming uh, career as well into that? Yeah, um, I think any business is going to face its challenges, especially over the past 18 months. It's been very difficult to run a learn to swim program when there's no swimming pools open <laughs> that's definitely um been an extremely difficult one because unfortunately um we have got a really high drowning rate in this country and it's unfortunately whether the swimming pools are open or not there's still lakes rivers the sea like people have been out by the canals and stuff walking more than ever and mm. you're still going away where there's pools or kind of access to water in some sense so um it's been a, a that the past 18 months has definitely been um a challenging period but outside of that it's kind of like always asking yourself what can i do and i think that's kind of what i took really serious of why we set up the business in the first place like we want to kind of break down those barriers and give people the opportunity to learn how to swim um more pools are closing than they are opening it's just the the way and especially the country is in at the minute there's been so much coming out over the past couple of weeks as well about pools closing mm -hmm. so how do we get people swimming when there's pools closing no access to them or there's no spaces to swim yeah. now that is a challenge so they're the hurdles that we face every single day and just trying to get gyms on board if hotels have got pools any pool space that we can possibly get we need to kind of be utilizing that because it is it's the only sport that is a life skill uh, it, it's we need to see it fundamentally as a life skill not just mm -hmm. a sport so i think that's been um, a real challenge and i think there's loads of things from sport i think there's loads of things from all walks in life even from any personal experience that you can draw within business, because that's what makes it the personal aspect and that personal approach and working with people as a team, like we're all human. So I think anything that you can draw from, but certainly the teamwork, the communication, the trust and respect that you need to have for each, each person in that team as well, um, I think is absolutely huge. And I think teamwork is probably one of the biggest um, especially over the this past 18 months when we've not been as much face-to-face -face contact. Yeah. Um, that's been a very difficult thing. So I think we've all all missed that, haven't we? Like we're all a bit kind of sick of doing everything <laughs> on online and we kind yeah. of miss those, just those personal chats The How are you? And the five minutes of just catching up mm. over just business stuff. We touched earlier a little bit on um, on making things fun, you know, with the swimming and everything. Um, do you do the same in your business? And if so, I'm really curious to know what you do because I, I'll probably pull from some of the techniques. Um, <laughs> to be fair, the business is absolutely fantastic at doing really fun stuff. So we all got together on Friday and we did a big walk in the Lake District. So that was really, really cool. It was hard. Don't get me wrong. It was like over six hours of walking. Wow. Um, my, my back the next day was absolutely in bits. I haven't walked that far in a long time, but it was great because it was outdoors. Obviously, we've not been out. Normally, we go out for meals. We go bowling. We kind of do some sort of fun activity. Um, what axe throwing whatever it is we've, we've done it all um, but now it's very different trying to get that number of people together um, and in one space so it's nice to do stuff outdoors we've done all sorts of games and barbecues and things like that I think it's just giving people that social aspect and a place yeah. where they you can just talk to each other what we what every single person in the business said on Fridays that it was just nice to a be face to face but also talk to people yeah, yeah. not about 
about business but stuff that's happened over the past kind of couple of months and how they are and really check in and um, that's been really really crucial plus it was so much fun as well we had a right laugh oh that's absolutely brilliant um now becky you have been absolutely fantastic on this podcast as i expected Thank you. um and it's been you know super inspiring to hear from you and, and hear how your journey and everything the challenge you've been through as you know at the end of each podcast we do two truths and a lie um so if you want to say your three statements I have done a skydive. Okay. I have been cliff diving and I have been down a skeleton track at the Winter Olympics, a Winter Olympics track, not at the Winter Olympics, obviously. There we go. Two truths and a lie from Becky Adlington. I do hope you enjoyed this episode and took something away from it. Do let us know on our Instagram, armago underscore UK, who you would like to see join us in series to come. Now, we're going to start releasing our episodes in the morning, as we believe this is a better time for you to enjoy our episodes. Do let us know what you would prefer, though. And until next time, 